When you become successful and achieve all your dreams, anybody, if you think back, you know, you have this uh, trip of a lifetime or this relationship of a lifetime or this job uh, or money and so on, anybody that has achieved something that they really were looking forward to, they realize after they get it that life continues on just as it was before. The same feelings are there, the more the, the same desire to do better or to search for something more is there. So it's natural that when somebody becomes an experienced success, they're going to come to a point where they're going to have the same need to find more of a purpose in their life. And that's why a lot of the great philosophers and what I've actually learned is happiness and purpose does not come from something in the future. It is something that you find today. Welcome to the Thought Leader Revolution with Nikki Ballou. Join the revolution. There's never been a better time in history to speak your truth, find your freedom, and make your fortune. Each week, we interview the world's top thought leaders and learn the secrets of how they built a six to seven figure practice. This episode has been brought to you by eCircleAcademy.com, the proven system to add six to seven figures a year to your thought leader practice. Welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. I'm your host, Nikki Ballou. And boy, do we have an exciting show lined up for you today. Today's guest is a new friend, but I feel like I've known him forever. This is a man who has experienced massive success in business. And beyond that success, he has found a calling for himself as really a philosopher, as a healer, as a champion for humanity. This man is one of the greatest thought leaders and philosophers and spiritual leaders that I have ever met. He has written a brand new book called Higher, Awaken to a More Fulfilling Life. I am speaking, of course, of none other than the one, the only, the legendary Charles Hanna. Welcome to the show, Charles. Good morning, Nikki, and thank you. Nice to be here. <laughs> Amazing to be with you. <laughs> <laughs> My friend at the Thought Leader Revolution, we are known for our awesome introductions. So, <laughs> Charles, I uh, I love you, man. You're you're like a brother to me. And one of the things I love most about you is how much you care about your fellow man. And it's absolutely wonderful to run into someone who's not just a thought leader, but a heart leader like you are. And my listener is eager to get to know you. Tell us your story, Charles. How did you get to be where you are in life? Oh, thank you, Nikki. Okay, I'm going to try to make it as concise as possible. As I've mentioned to you before, I was born in Egypt and lived there till I was almost 16. And then the entire family moved to Canada beautiful country. It's been an amazing experience, uh, gave us a lot of opportunities, and I certainly had my first share of it. I was born to a kind of a very religious Christian community. When I came to Canada at a very young age, I found myself uh, conflicted between the old traditions and the new culture and so on. And as a result of that, I ended up breaking away and trying to find my own guidance in life as to what is important, what is right, what is wrong, and most importantly, what is my purpose in life and what would make me happy? I was studying at the time medicine and I was at a very high level education and research and uh, how we evolved over time and how brain works and so on. And I actually relied on my scientific education to ask myself, what are we here for? And the inevitable conclusion I came to is that we we are on this earth to help 
ourselves continue on living, to help mankind. My purpose in life is to really help my family, my community, life around me, and so on. So I had this belief since I was a very young kid that for me to be happy in life, I should have a life of service. The question was, what kind of service do I do? I wanted to know what did I have as a unique skill that can provide maximum value to my community and in the process also maximum gratification for myself. I switched from medicine, went and studied marketing because I felt learning how to communicate with people was going to be the most important thing. And I set out on a career that would help me in the initial phases to experience success, get experience, learn the skills, develop credibility, accumulate some resources so that for the second part of my life, or maybe the later part of my life, dedicate my life more in as as much of a selfless manner as possible to passing on the lessons I learned, to helping young kids move on in life and so on. And as it happened, I've been one of the very blessed people that has been successful in doing so, and also have been blessed with the fact that I've had some extreme challenges in my life and near-death experience that made me learn a little bit more about myself and what the meaning of life is and simply added to the depth of my kind of understanding what makes what makes someone successful. Uh, it was not all just about business success. There's another aspect, how do you become happy also with your success and without it uh, as well. A lot of these lessons is what I shared in the book that you just mentioned. So here I am. So, Charles, your story is a fascinating one. You've gone through some serious adversity, which you've shared with me uh, uh, when we've broken bread together. And I think it's powerful for people to hear a bit about that and how you overcame that. Would you mind sharing some of that with the folks? Sure. You know, I've always grown up in a very loving family. Uh, but it, there was some trauma that happened in my childhood in the sense that I had two sisters that died when I was young. When I was one year old, I had an older sister that was seven that died suddenly from an illness, devastated my parents, affected me indirectly. And then when I was seven, I had my youngest sister that was three die, who I felt was kind of like my soulmate. And there was a double whammy because I felt her absence as well as my parents also having that. I thought that was gone, was dealt with, and I didn't even think it was inside me anywhere. But there was obviously some fear of abandonment that was planted in me as a result of that. And many of us experience traumas in one form or another. And we kind of forget about them and we move on in our life, not realizing that it's almost like a latent virus that is sitting inside us waiting to unleash itself at the time when you are at a point of weakness. And that's what happened to me at the height of my success after I... You know, I started my own company when I was 27. By the time I was 30, I was, you know, basically a multimillionaire. I was making a lot of money, had a lot of business successes. I was interviewed by many TV stations, radio stations, newspapers. I had lots of employees, lots of respect. I was married, happy. I had a child shortly after that. But I didn't feel the kind of happiness and elation that I expected to come after you achieve kind of your dreams. And then after that, I um, had an experience with people around me that I felt I was uh, betrayed, let down. And all of a sudden, these emotions that I had from before, fear of abandonment, fear of disloyalty, took the best of me. And I talk in the book, I don't hide the fact that I have uh, dabbled with recreational drugs in my 20s. I'd never touched anything before that because I was kind of, I needed something more than what my success was bringing me. And then when I felt this incredible pain, it became a catch-22. And I ended up abusing 
very difficult, dangerous drug at the time. I'll never know ever for the rest of my life whether it was the drugs, whether it was my emotions, what led to what, it doesn't really matter in the end. The bottom line is I found myself on a very self-destructive path and at the door of death practically is when I suddenly had to realize that I had to reevaluate what I'm doing in my life and uh, what happiness is really all about. So that's what um, really changed my perspective from one from being very controlling, very successful, very capable, having hundreds of employees working for me, all admiring me, looking forward to me. I'm having the best integrity and honesty and all the right things from a business standpoint. But from a life standpoint, I was lost. I was dismayed. I could not believe that I had these issues. And I've kind of had a, an awakening that made me realize what I was doing wrong in my life versus business. And you found a way to transcend all this. You found a way to get past all this. And you, you, you're somebody right now who I consider to be very powerful in that not only are you successful materially and in business, but you're, you're successful in terms of being able to deal with the vicissitudes of life more powerfully than the average person. Talk a little bit about how you came to that space. I realized that from a career standpoint, it's all about, you know, planning, controlling, having goals, anticipating and hedging against risks, uh, planning for the bad times, good times and so on, and being able to control also even the environment of the company, its direction, the competition, my employees, what they do and all of that. And I realized that within my company, for example, I am the dictator, I am the controller, I am the creator of the company. It's almost like I am the god of the company. Everything rests on me. Um, I cannot run a company by saying, let's take it one day at a time and, you know, let everybody do what they want to do and and be loving. Corporations don't work that way. I wouldn't last in business for two, three months. But what I didn't realize is that I cannot use those same methods in my personal life because in personal life, in my life, I am not the creator. I am not the one that that is God. And that, in fact, I do work within a higher order, just like my employees work in my company within the higher order of the organization. In life, I have to respect my position in life and realize that I have no control of what's going to happen. I don't even have an idea about what the strategic direction of life is. We don't know where we came from. We don't know where we're going. A lot of times we keep asking ourselves, well, what's the right thing to do? You know, what's going to happen next and so on. And I started to develop this connection and and, and and kind of model my life the way I was expecting how an employee, for example, in the company would be a good, successful employee in the company. And I tried to become a good citizen. And I believed it and I understood it. And it was in my heart and it was in my mind that made me look at life that way. As a result of that, I ended up feeling a lot, much greater degree of happiness, much more care for myself personally. And ironically, Nikki, I became far more successful in business and financially as a byproduct of me even not looking at that as my priority in life. You you know, Charles, I've heard that from many, many successful people is that, you know, they all got into business. They wanted to be successful. They wanted to make money. But at some point, they had a higher purpose. They had a higher calling. And they found expression for it in what they did for work. And that made them all the more successful. It's incredible how that happens, isn't it? Yes, because when you become successful and achieve all your dreams, anybody, if you think back, you know, you have this uh, trip of a lifetime or this relationship of a lifetime or this job 
uh, or money and so on. Anybody that has achieved something that they really were looking forward to, they realize after they get it that life continues on just as it was before. The same feelings are there. The more the, the same desire to do better or to search for something more is there. So it's natural that when somebody becomes an experienced success, they're going to come to a point where they're going to have the same need to find more of a purpose in their life. And that's why a lot of the great philosophers and what I've actually learned is happiness and purpose does not come from something in the future. It is something that you find today. Brilliantly well said, my friend. Brilliantly well said. Many of the people that listen to this show are entrepreneurs. They are thought leaders. They have a desire to make a difference in the world. They have a desire to live life as the best version of themselves. And you're someone who's actually done that, done that very powerfully inside the success you've created in business and inside the philanthropic work that you've done. And frankly, inside you as a philosopher, bringing your message of hope and fulfillment and awareness of your higher self to a wider audience. Charles, what would be your advice to someone listening to the show on how they can take their own success to the next level and how they can learn from some of the things that you've brought uh, forward inside your own journey? I believe that anybody, regardless of their capabilities or level of success or situation, can have a most fulfilling life. It is not about money. It's not about capabilities. It's not about vision. It's not about projects. It's a, it's, it's a question of being able to be connected to life, to the real meaning of life. And, and one of the things that I have discovered for myself and I, uh, and I aspire to and tell a lot of people about is that they have to have a spiritual connection to whatever you believe created your life. Because this life is not ours. We did not create it. We did not pay for it. We did not buy it. It was given to us as a gift. And what a magnificent gift. We take it for granted, we forget about it, and we go on and we try to get more and judge it and judge other people. And it's completely unspiritual way of living your life. I don't care how successful you become materially or, or what you achieve or what projects you build. There will be something wrong in your foundation. So it's really important that you connect. And so I found a lot of times success is not about building something into the future. It's actually going back inside and remembering and being grateful and realizing the gratitude of how magnificent the fact that you are alive today is. And then what do you do with this life? How do you appreciate it today? And the things that we do by planning is we sabotage our enjoyment of life. We become consumed with worry and uh, calculating and anticipating. Uh, we become upset and afraid when things don't go our way. We become angry and resentful for people that stand in our way. And all of a sudden, you've got all this chatter in your mind that takes you away from being able to live in the moment. And we hear that all the time, be mindful, live in the moment and so on. And a lot of people say, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to stop and smell the roses. But it takes a lot more than that. It takes a tremendous cleansing in terms of your perspective on life, your objective on life and how you live your life from day to day. In the one of the last chapters in the book, I say, you know, a lot of people work for 10, 20 years to study, to learn how to become a successful professional and, and build something big and so on. And I say that I submit to you, it would take that much time or more to learn how to live one day properly at a time. I love it, my friend. I love it. So let's go into the book, right? The book is, is, is a very powerful book, and you've turned it into eight sections, eight chapters, if you will. The first chapter is about the journey to hire. I'd love to delve into what, what had you start here in terms of telling this story. Okay, so I talk a little bit about being connected to life. Like we have an umbilical cord to the universe. 
some of us believe in God, the religious God. Some of us believe in the, in the higher power. Some of us believe in karma, love. Go, call it whatever you want to call it. It doesn't matter. There's no question that we have been born and there's an umbilical cord to our life. I had turned my back onto that. I grew up in a very religious family and I turned my back on my religion because I found it different from here and everybody's got their own interpretations. And then with my scientific upbringing, I became very skeptic and at one point became extremely atheist. And I was never going to reconsider these facts again. But at my moment of weakness and being alone, and actually when I faced death, I was helped at that time with people and they told me, you have to start believing in something. So I started on a journey to think, well, what is my creator? What is my connection to the universe? So that first chapter talks about what forced me for the first time in my life to do something that I would have never otherwise considered. And that was that I questioned my own ability to really understand everything in life, become humble on it, and start thinking once again with an open mind. Is there a God? What is it? And what is the higher power? What is the universe? And I started to have a connection that is very strong in terms of my spiritual foundation. I'll tell you why this was really important and key to everything that I mentioned. If you believe that you have been born here by something bigger than yourself, obviously, and gave you everything you've ever had, wished for, or could even imagine in your wildest dream has been given to you, you would realize that whatever that thing is, it must have a tremendous amount of love for you. And if that's the case, why wouldn't you trust it? And why wouldn't you trust that whatever happens after this lifetime is also going to be equally great, if not better? If you have that as a foundation in your belief system, so it's not only about the heart, it's also about the mind to be kind of understand and your deepest level and, uh, and committed to that belief and faith that you know you are going to be taken care of. All of a sudden, you don't have to worry about what's going to happen next and what's going to happen in the next lifetime, what's going to happen if this doesn't go right, if this goes wrong. You realize that this is beyond our understanding and it is wise for us to plug into it and enjoy the ride rather than always to try to manipulate things and judge what we have and keep changing it and miss this life in a, in a, in a blink of an eye. So that's why what I talk about in the first chapter is what forced me to look at it and how that discovery was and what it means to us. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant stuff, my friend. So chapter six, I'm gonna jump around a little bit, is about living 24 hours at a time. And you talk about the benefits of a daily routine. Now, this is something that's very much in vogue these days. One of my friends and a man who I've been a mentor to and has been a mentor to me, a man named Robin Sharma, he talks about the benefits of a daily routine. He, in fact, he just released a book called The 5 a.m. Club. And more and more people are talking about it. Hal Elrod and The Miracle Morning and our mutual friend Teresa Larico is involved with his movie, The Miracle Morning. But Charles, it sounds to me that the benefits of a daily routine is not something new to you. This is something that you've probably been living with as part of your success forever and ever. Talk a little bit about this and, and how it is that you've utilized this and why it's so important from your perspective. Well, there's a difference between having a daily routine and practice and discipline in your career environment and success and maybe managing your uh, you know, married life and personal life and so on versus having a routine on 
daily living, like how you enjoy your life, how to make life complete within your daily routine. So my realization of that came later as I had been reflecting and looking at life from many, because when I, when I had that epiphany that I talked about where the near-death experience, that happened to me over 30 years ago. So I've had lots of time to be able to apply it and, and see how it changed my life in many ways to the better. And I, and, I, and I say it and I keep saying it all the time. I'm the happiest I've ever been in my life. And I've been feeling this way for many years. Even if something makes me feel miserable, I'm still aware, believe it or not, that I am a happy person. I am a blessed person. And when things come by me that are either very sad or hard or difficult or magnificent, I know it's just part of the waves of going up of, of life. But underneath all of that, I am a happy individual. Okay, so come back to this idea of the daily routine. It actually started by me watching a CNN program at one time a few years ago. And this guy came on and talked about nutrition. And he said something that really stuck with me. And he said, you know, a lot of people believe that eating healthy is about eating the right foods, you know, taking out the meat or doing, uh, you know, organic foods or being vegan or being all of these things. He says, in fact, what is more important than what you eat is when you eat, how much you eat and at the same and what time you eat. In other words, if you eat the same kinds of food at the same time every day, your body starts developing a rhythm that is in sync with your cycle. And all of a sudden, all the processes within the body start organizing themselves. They're anticipating the food at a certain time. It works in a sequence that is more efficient, as opposed to from day to day, you eat one time this food, and the next time you eat something completely different and different hours and so on. And I said, wow, what a magnificent analogy this is to apply to all of our life. And, and, I, and I start to think back that we have evolved over billions of years in an environment where our world was pretty routine. What we did from generation to generation mirrored what our parents did, our grandparents did. We lived within a confined period of uh, area. We probably ate at the same time, the same foods all the time. And I figured having this standard routine in our life has got to be something that gives us more serenity and brings us back to our roots. So I started to structure my day, not just in terms of what I do in business, but when do I socialize? When do I have fun? When do I become having intimate moments? When do I have active moments? When do I meditate? When do I run? When do I eat? And when do I do all of that? And started to structure a day that looks the same from day to day in terms of the type of activity at the same hour each day. And then I started to plan it in a way that one fed to the other logically. So I'm not wasting a lot of time commuting. I'm not wasting a lot of time changing from one frame of mind to another. I tried to combine activities like being with family and eating and, and so on. And I realized that, you know, with a lot of careful planning, I can put everything in my day. And that means I take care of myself physically. I take care of myself mentally. I enjoy all of my gifts and I still have room to aspire for more. And what happens at that point is you end up finding yourself being fulfilled all the time. If life ended, I'm not missing anything. I've been doing everything I want every day. Wow. Charles, I tell you, one of the beautiful things about interviewing you is I ask a question and then I can let you talk. <laughs> There's not a lot more I got to add. That's a blessing and a curse. <laughs> well, for me, it's a blessing at this stage. So, so Charles, this book uh, is fascinating. I'm looking forward to reading it. And you know what? We've got to get your message out to more and more people. And um, certainly, I'd like to chat with you offline about a couple of things that uh, I'd like to do to help with that. But it's a fantastic and fascinating book. So 
chapter seven in the book, you talk about spirituality versus progress. And this is where you, you start to tie in the importance of the connection to your higher self to creating the success that you want. Could you please delve into some of the messages in this chapter? Because I think they're very relevant to our audience. Yes, I, you know, I asked myself the question at the end of the book. I said, you know, do I really believe that if I had followed this spiritual path all my life, that I would have been as successful as I have become? And would I have been as happy? Because I must admit, I do enjoy this level of success that I have achieved. Uh, although I have learned firsthand that it did not necessarily give me happiness. It's just nice to have, but it will not make the difference between being happy or not. But I had to ask myself the question, you know, should I have dedicated myself so much to working hard in the early years and so on? So that's what this chapter talks about. And what I realized is, and what I believe is, is that the most important things in life, and you ask me, what if, if I was to give advice to anybody? The most important thing in life is you have to take care of yourself. And we take that for granted. We take care of ourselves. Okay, I sleep, I eat, I run, and you know, okay, I'm taking care of myself. No, 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 slow down. When I say take care of yourself, I mean, what, what, how can you take care, the best care of yourself? And that means physically, are you eating well? Have you researched what your nutrition needs are? Have you gone out and spent time to realize what, what you should eat, when you should eat it, where you should eat it from, how you should eat it, and so on? Do you need supplements and things of that nature? How about sleep? Do we get adequate amount of sleep? Most people don't. Well, right there, you're not taking good care of yourself. Are you smoking or over drinking or things of that? This is criminal practically in terms of how we treat our body. Taking care of yourself means you don't put poisons in your body and you treat yourself healthy. Are you active? Are you checking yourself? These are all things just for the physical body. And then comes to the mental health. Are you connecting with people? Are you open? Do you have a spiritual foundation? Do you have anger inside you? Are you worried? Do you have resentments? All these things that sabotage your mind and make you isolate and make you depressed and all of this, there are very important things that I talk about in the book on how you can keep yourself mentally healthy. And then after that, don't miss your life. Enjoy it. Make sure that every day you touch on all your blessings. If you have family, make sure you connect with family and friends. If you have a desire to go out and walk and see the beautiful sunset or listen to music or enjoy entertainment or talk or read, like make sure you you include that in your day. So taking care of yourself is a full-time job. And once you've done that, then go ahead and try to aspire for a greater success. Because I will tell you, the things that we have without achieving anything, like our eyesight, for example, I ask people, would you sell your eyes for a billion dollars? They say no. I said, well, you have not just your eyesight, you have your life, you have your freedom, you have your mobility, you have family, you have friends, you have children, you have ability to love and make love and, 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 and all of these things and you have them. So tell me, what can you achieve in your wildest dream that would make a difference, significant difference to what you already have? If you're not happy and fulfilled with what you have right now, no matter what you have, just being alive, no amount of success is going to make a difference. Maybe it will excite you, maybe it will fool you, and that's why a lot of people waste years thinking that's going to make them happy, but in the end, they'll find it doesn't, and they've wasted their life. So that's why I talk about, you know, the, the success versus spirituality. There is a place for success, there's nothing wrong with it, but only if you do the basics first, and that is to take good care of yourself and trust that when you do that, everything else will fall in place. The world will hand you opportunities.
I love it, Charles. I love it. This is a fabulous book. I, I'm looking forward to reading it uh, more fully. We're going to have you back once uh, I've read it and we'll, we'll delve into it uh, in, at an even greater rate than we have been today. But listener, you can tell from listening to Charles that this man's the real deal. He leads from the heart. He's a heart leader, but he also is a thought leader. He's a deep thinker. He's been thinking about issues when it relates to success and spirituality, and there's a lot for you to learn from. I recommend that you purchase a copy of his book. In fact, you purchase five, ten copies. Give them to your friends. Give them to members of your family because they're going to make a huge difference. And uh, Charles, if people want to get a hold of this book, what's the best way for them to do that? Well, they can Google me. Charles Hanna Hire is the name of the book, Hire. So if you just put Charles Hanna Hire, you'll find pages and pages of stuff on me. You'll find that I have a website uh, that's called hirebook.com or charleshanna.com. And in that, you'll see videos that I have made, interviews. Uh, you'll see access to the book, to the audiobook as well, to my talks and uh, to retreats and various activities. And, and you can join the mailing list and I'll keep you updated on some of the new happenings that are taking place. Okay, fantastic. Is the book for sale on platforms like Amazon as well? Yeah, everywhere, all the major bookstores, online as well as physically, although it's usually out of stock at uh, Indigo, I find, but you can certainly order them online. They just get a hold of you on the website and you'll be able to take care of it. Okay, so we're going to put all that information in the show notes, Charles, because I want people to get this book and I want them to read it. I want them to consume it. You're a brilliant man. You're a brilliant thinker. It's an honor to, to know you and to call you my friend. So we like to end off each and every single one of these podcast episodes, Charles, by asking you as my expert guest today, what are your top three pieces of advice, your top three, what we call expert action steps that you recommend that my listener take on in their life, starting right now, to make their life better, to make their business more successful. What do you say, my friend? Well, as I said before, the number one thing is make sure you take good care of yourself. Don't ever sacrifice yourself for others. Take care of yourself and everybody else will benefit by you being a happier, stronger person. That's number one. Number two, I found ironically in my life that it's more important to know what not to do than to know what to do. Don't be in the wrong relationships. Don't say the wrong things. Don't commit yourself in the wrong direction. Whether in business or personal life, make sure that you preserve yourself to what's really meant for you and don't delve into saying wrong things that are going to push you into the wrong direction. And the third thing is be honest. Be honest to yourself and be honest to life and take care of yourself. And position yourself in a manner that is easy for you to stay honest and be successful. Don't put yourself in a situation where you have a conflict of interest, where what's good for you is not good for others. That is a losing proposition to begin with. I like it. I like it. Those are three fantastic expert action steps. So listener, you've been listening to this and you're thinking, wow, Nikki, you've got another great guest on. I love Charles, but... Can I be like Charles? Can I live life as the best version of myself? Maybe one of the reasons you listen to this podcast is because you want to be inspired. You want to be uplifted. When the vicissitudes of life knock you over the head, you want someone to say, hey, you are a glorious child of God and you can make this happen. And my answer to you is, of course, you can be like Charles. Of course, you can live life as the best version of yourself. Of course, you can fulfill the destiny, the purpose that you were put here on this earth to fulfill. The best way for you to take advantage of this opportunity is go to my website, ecircleacademy.com, and right smack dab in the middle of the page, there's a button that says, watch 
free webinar masterclass. Click on that button. Watch the free webinar masterclass. In there, I have a beautiful masterclass that shows you five key secrets, five key shifts on what you can do to take yourself, your life, your business, your destiny from where you are right now to the best version of it and make a good amount of money while you're at it. And this masterclass is brilliant. Go watch it. It's absolutely free. There's no catch, no obligation. And once you've watched it, there's another button right above it in the middle of my website. And if you're so moved by watching it, click on that button and book what I call a success call with me. And what you'll get to do in having this success call with me is you and I will have an honest conversation, heart to heart, human to human, about you, about your hopes, your fears, your dreams, your aspirations, what you want to accomplish in your business. And I'm going to lay out a blueprint for you for how you can do this. And I'm going to give you a stark choice, a choice of, hey, is it time right now to finally Finally, make the changes I've been talking about making or not. And again, absolutely, this is an opportunity. It's free. There's no obligation. There's no catch. We don't do hard pressure anything. We do full of passion. We do full of love. We do full of respect. So take advantage of these two opportunities. Watch the masterclass. And if you're so moved, jump on a call. Charles Hanna, thank you so much for being on our show today. You've really honored me. Thank you, Nikki. It was a pleasure, and thank you for having me here. Oh, God bless you, my friend. And that wraps up another exciting episode of the podcast, The Thought Leader Revolution. To find out more about today's incredible guest, the one and only Charles Hanna and his phenomenal book, Hire, and the incredible retreats that he does. And by the way, I've been to his retreat. It's amazing. You need to go. Go to thethoughtleaderrevolution.com. In the show notes will be all the information, his website, website about the book, you name it, it's there. Take advantage of it. And to watch the webinar masterclass or jump on a success call, go to eastcircleacademy.com. Until next time, goodbye.